0: Log Radio.
1: Hello, this is Peter Joseph, and you're listening to V Radio.
0: Hello, and welcome to this edition of V Radio. I'm running a little bit late here, but um, everything will be up and running really shortly. Uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about uh, what took place between the Venus Project and the Earth 2.0 movie project, and uh, it's in the, hopefully like throughout the first hour. And in the second hour, we're going to be talking about uh, my recent blog post about basically what amounts to the psychology of trolling um, and what it is that they are trying to do with the negative behavior. So let me go ahead and add our first guest. Um, His name is Joel. He works with the Venus Project. Uh, He's kind of holding the fort there right now. And um, he was present for everything that took place between uh, the Venus Project and Earth 2.0. So we're going to... Get his insight on that subject, and um, then I will be also be bringing on my panelists. So bear with me just a moment while I get everybody added. In the meantime, um, please make sure you visit vradio.org, the hyphen radio.org. Um, I'm still got chip ins ready for the you know the month next month, and I've got a just got the bill actually for the you know internet and the various things that. You guys all end up donating for and i still have a blue chip in widget to help me uh get my computer updated i still need a motherboard and um a processor so that i can do better work with um ztv but um all right hello joel you there hi neil hi um we're still adding a couple people to the call this will be just a moment but uh while i'm doing that though why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself uh tell them how you learned about the venus project and uh you know what you do for them now
1: okay um yeah my name is joel holt uh i'm live and in person from the venus project uh in venus florida right now um kind of holding down the port for the guys here while they're away on the tour um staying in contact with roxanne i you're asking me how i heard about the venus project and you know, I heard about the Venus Project back in the 1990s um, when I was checking a lot of things out. Um, I heard about it in a book, but it, it didn't it didn't strike me as anything at all at the time, uh, really, until I saw Zeitgeist Addendum. I even saw Future by Design and uh, some other things before that, but it wasn't it wasn't like Let
0: Us March until I saw Zeitgeist. Right. Apologize for the ringing noise. That's different. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, please continue. What what book did you hear about it in, if I might ask?
1: Um, I don't know. It was something to do with an organization called the Church of the Subgenius. Okay. <clears throat> and um, they had a lot of um, books out about various, you know, fringe groups and things like that. And their their critique of, of the Venus Project at that time really kind of, uh, you know, I, I, I probably should have looked into it more, but um, they said, something like you know how crazy can you be thinking everybody should get everything for free how naive (laughs) right so at that time I was um, I was probably in my 20s you know and uh, it it did sound kind of ridiculous to me then
0: so what changed your mind
1: well um, a lot of socio-economic conditions in my own life losing several homes I lived in Hawaii for about seven years and uh, I was involved in real estate there and I had purchased on largely on credit about three or four houses built a couple of homes and uh lost all of it to foreclosure lost my home my car my life savings and everything and i was desperately looking for um for answers to what not only what's wrong in society but to maybe how we all might play a part in in creating that better world
0: okay well excellent um you know, it's, it's funny, those kind of life-changing experiences, that kind of actually it gives you a unique perspective because you've come from both sides of this. You know, you, you were at one time had money, and now you don't, I mean, especially living in Hawaii, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's it, for me, it was kind of a situation of um, I've always kind of lived poor, but most of my childhood was in Michigan, and so the economy here just kind of slowly self-destructed before my eyes, uh, you know. <laughs> And like Peter Joseph said, the words technological unemployment, I was like, yeah, duh. <laughs> you know, it's happening everywhere here in Michigan. Um, but um, all right, that being said, I'm actually going to go ahead and let my other panelists introduce themselves. I have Dark Dancer, also known as Gilbert. Go ahead and introduce yourself.
2: Hey, Neil, everyone. Um, I'm Gilbert from the Netherlands. I've uh, been here on your show a couple of times. And uh, I uh, coordinate the global chapters of the zyde Dice Movement. Nice to be here.
0: All right, and we also have um, Jim Hamill, who's a newcomer to our show. I think you've called in before, haven't you, Jim?
3: Yeah, I've been on, uh, uh, I think, twice now, Uh, just quick call-ins. This is the first time I've been a panelist. Um, I'm the administrator of the London Canada chapter, uh, which we do work with, uh, with obviously, with the Zeitgeist Movement and, uh, you know, progressing the ideas of the Venus Project.
0: Okay, excellent. Um, And uh, once again, I'm going to ask a gentleman who needs no introduction to introduce himself. uh, Go ahead and introduce yourself, Thunder.
4: (laughs) Well, if I don't need an introduction, (laughs) everybody is starting to get to know me, aren't they?
0: Well, you you never know when I have a new listener.
4: Yeah, for those that don't, uh, my name is Gregory. Everybody calls me Thunder. I'm a co-coordinator for the California State Chapter, and as always, glad to be here.
0: Excellent, excellent. And go ahead and tell them about your own show while we're at it.
4: I also do a blog talk show called Z, Z is in Zelda, hyphen, hyphen, radio on blog talk. And uh, Wednesdays, currently there are Wednesdays at noon, I uh, um, took over, well, I shouldn't use the word took over, but I slid into Peter's time slot while he's taking a break from his radio show and kind of doing the same thing, uh, answering questions and having people on from different parts of the world and different uh, aspects of the movement. And we've done a uh, couple good, pretty good shows, so uh, we'll see what happens this Wednesday.
0: Okay, well, excellent. Um, you know, it's good that you did that. Uh, I just didn't, I, there's no way I could have committed to it, so I didn't, I, I thought about doing that myself. But, uh, but overall, yeah, it's, a pretty,
4: uh, it's a pretty big commitment, but, uh, you know, I, I think it was necessary for somebody to do to kind of fill that slot a little bit.
0: Sure, sure. Okay, well, this show actually has two topics um, because I I didn't think that either of them really would warrant an entire, you know, two-hour segment, obviously. Um, The first is about kind of a controversial topic right now, and I want to emphasize that this particular show is not going to be a a bash piece. We're not not getting into that, but um, with Jacques and Roxanne out, you know, in Europe and not really able to come on the show to address these issues themselves, I felt the need to You know, to talk to somebody involved with it. And um, that's kind of where you come in, Joel, is, you know, um, if you could kind of, you know, describe for me, you know, from your perspective as me as how you were there for it, uh, you know, how the Earth 2.0 project got started and where, you know, where did we, how did we end up where we were at when we was finished?
1: Right. Um, Well, first of all, let me start off with saying that uh, I don't remember exactly when Earth 2 came about. Uh, my understanding it was sometime around the time that the guys were over in England um, and they met up with uh, with Frank and his crew. Um, I believe Heather Odom introduced them. And um, and you know from 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 what I've heard from Jock and Roxanne, uh, the initial agreement was that the Earth 2 movie was going to to be about the Venus Project, not about a compendium, you know, not about this group and that group, and I you know a lot of things stitched together, but the Venus Project, period. And and you know, nothing wrong with bringing in other people that uh, are supportive of it, but it became pretty obvious, especially on the last go round when <laughs> when they were in New York, that uh, there were other plans in the works with the Earth Two people that they met several times at the hotel and, and, and at, uh, over dinner and breakfast, and the last time that they met, or rather, the, one of the times that they met towards the end of the um, of the zeitgeist uh, uh, of Z Day, uh, you know, it really became obvious that they're so embroiled in metaphysics that it just wouldn't be a mutually serving relationship to continue. <clears throat>
0: And that's actually a question I have is, I mean, uh, what references to metaphysics specifically? Because we haven't ever really been able to get any answer on that.
1: Well, um, Simon wrote a, wrote a little bit on one of the blog posts that he uh, um, he said, basically, Jock and Roxanne do not like metaphysics. Anything pertaining to spiritual uh, matters or expansion of consciousness is, is anathema to the Venus Project. Uh, they even refer to spiritual ideas as verbal masturbation which they do <laughs> um, Right. and uh, you know hey what can one say uh, uh if they want to to promote things like that you know go ahead and just maybe do a different film or something but uh, i can't see any way that the, that jock and roxanne would want to um acquiesce with that because it, it just it, it, it doesn't there's no support between the two you know they, they don't right. support other so you know the logic that that the Venus Project or the goals of the Venus Project would be um, would be it would benefit uh, from a major cinematic release is true but to imply that this one in any way be a major cinematic release from what I've seen it would I, I can't see that happening because it's just uh, uh, tremendously conflicting I don't recall the other they showed the short trailer that a um, uh, progress date uh, right. That involved a few other people. At the time, I recognized one or two of the of, of the um, of the speakers, and I can't even remember who they are now. But uh, having a ten or longer year involvement in metaphysics myself, which I'm a bit embarrassed about, uh, I, I did recognize some of the people. And you know, it just was very much metaphysical stuff, you know, to do with raised consciousness, and all of meaningless terms, things that have no referent at all this is why Jacques and roxanne are, are so adamant about people learning uh more about uh semantics you know and that's why the book list has these kinds of things these guys you know especially the writer simon obviously he just either doesn't have the time or interest to look up more about what the venus project is about or or, or, or the complex ideas behind this
0: that's basically kind of what i got from my email with roxanne um yeah. she said and i quote um I don't know if you knew, Jock pulled out of Earth 2.0 because it started as a film representing the Venus Project, and Frank originally said he wanted to put Jock's book, The Best That Money Can't Buy, into a film. Sounded good. As it progressed, it ended up being about several other people and Jock, one of them, but the other people were into metaphysics and we didn't want people to get confused as to what we were advocating or to think we endorsed that point of view. Um, They basically said they wanted more control of how this direction is represented. now it's basically said that you know it seemed that simon the writer they brought on board did not really understand the direction of the venus project and that they were having difficulty communicating that to him but apparently he thought he did so you know and once again you know, this is not going to be a hit piece we're just kind of trying to talk about how the the it just didn't work out you know it's if they want to make a film about you know making the world better i you know i wish them all the luck in the world and you know that's that's also what, you know, Roxanne said, you know, she said that, you know, at the end, you know, we hope that you do well, but, you know, and I, there's been a lot of controversy about this subject and, you know, I've taken all kinds of flack for, you know, talking about it myself. And it's finally gotten to the point that Peter has just stopped allowing it to be discussed in the forums because it just gets so out of hand. And, um, but like the, a few of the things, cause people are like, you know, why can't we mend this? Why can't we, you know, why can't we just go ahead and compromise? And then they they start making making accusations of like, you know, Jacques and Roxanne they're closed minded, you know, they're they're totalitarian and they don't want to hear anybody's ideas except for their <laughs> own and it's like, wow, you really don't know these people, do you? But what was mostly important about it was that it's not that it's not like that. It's not about that. It's that you know, it's it's not that we don't we're not willing to hear ideas outside of it, but you gotta know what you're talking about. And as soon as She's you start to, relevant. You know, but, yeah, it's got to be relevant, you know, and it, it's got to make sense. It's like it's not that they don't listen. I've had conversations with Jacques and Peter, for example, the people who supposedly will never hear anybody else's words. And I've come out, you know, from, you know, exchanges with them changing their mind about things. But you got to know what you're talking about. You can't, you know, and unprovable stuff is not it's just not what we're about at all. You know, it's and especially as soon as we start introducing metaphysics into the mix, then we offend everybody who doesn't agree with that particular branch of metaphysics. You know, it's like okay, so I right. bring in, you know, these. I don't even know what they were. You know, I, like I said, I, I still would like more details about what metaphysics they were they were talking about, or what these people were associated with. And I yeah. keep getting. We just, go ahead.
1: We were just shown uh, a clip. We weren't given uh, a file or, or 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 video, so I I don't remember. But uh, oh, it was it was pretty bad. You know, um, as far as you know what the set was, it was all about. Uh, You know, raised consciousness, mindfulness, self knowledge. I think I know what they mean, given my own background about that. But, but there's no no two people can nail that at all. It has essentially no meaning. And and I can understand why Jock and Roxanne would have bowed out. And they did bow out. They it it, it wasn't a matter that they were dropped. (laughs) They bowed out of this. You know, right? I, I saw it myself. So
0: no I, I I get that, and i I think you know to elaborate a little bit on why this is obviously best for both people concerned because I know you yeah. know there are people who are disappointed that there isn't going to be a Venus Project movie from these people, but you know, and that they're like, well you know what what could we have done better or you know couldn't we couldn't we compromise like I said earlier, and you know some of the things that they have here in their blog post, and this is this is probably one of the only criticisms that I really have, and somebody else brought this up too is that the way they wrote their blog post on the issue did sound somewhat derogatory towards the Vetus project. It wasn't vicious, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. it was still kind of, you know, moved away from it. And let me, let me elaborate a little bit on what I think they mean by verbal masturbation is the idea that in a lot of cases, religious beliefs are basically you're kind of interacting with yourself. You believe you're interacting with something else, but you're interacting with yourself to make yourself feel better about death, your mortality, your morality, you know, whatever. And all that stuff is just, it's, it doesn't really apply to logical, critical thinking. And it certainly doesn't belong in any kind of administration. You know, for those of my listeners who are still with me from the days when I was a Ron Paul person, um, when he got into the, you know, when he basically got behind the Constitution Party's candidate who was a total theocrat, I was like, well, that's the end of me. I'm not involved with this because I don't feel any of that belongs in how people govern themselves. And it certainly doesn't belong in how we govern resources. You know, and I, I've made several posts about this, and one of them was just like, you know, okay, so we let everybody have their metaphysics, and we let them be involved in the state. Well, now that we've done that, you know, the Muslims want laws to say that, you know, the various women have to cover themselves, and the Christians want laws to say that homosexuals get no rights, and, you know, by the end of the day, we have these, this huge pool of contradicting ideas, and this is the reason why we have a strict adherence to the principle of we're just not going to put metaphysics into this system. We're not going to outlaw it. We're not going to say that you can't do this. This is the other reason why the the, uh, several accusations of totalitarianism always make me laugh because we went through the same thing with the psychedelic drug movement was it's not that you're not going to be allowed to do these things. It's that that stuff that has no that's got no science behind it is not going to be involved in how we govern the earth's resources. And and that's not I don't see what's unreasonable about that. Go ahead and comment.
1: Well, speaking about the psychedelic drug movement, the that does bring to mind one of the, or, or a couple of the, of the, uh, the guys that, uh, the Earth 2 project is working with who are, you know, things along the line of the shamanic things. And, and the writer Simon has, has obviously some affinity for that type of thing. Um, you know, he had a lot of, um, uh, uh, a lot of information about that, that he wanted to get across to Jacques, but, uh, you know, it, there's a certain point that Jacques and Roxanne don't have time to listen to a lot of things along that line, so they weren't cut off at all. But they really had to kind of, at a certain, you know, at a certain point, it was it was just not, it was obvious that 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 this was kind of a you know it would be better for them to to not do it.
0: It wasn't gonna jive. I mean, like this is yeah. one of the things about the blog that I wanted to bring up, and um, they say yes, you can certainly design a culture which brings out the best in people and which does away with scarcity and financial corruption and such. But unless people develop themselves inwardly through mindfulness and self-knowledge, they will still find something to covet, something to get angry about, something to compete over, something to bear a grudge over, something to form a chip on the shoulder about, someone to be angry at, someone to fight with, someone to make into an enemy, someone to be envious of, and so on. Um, as soon as they put all of that in their blog, I was confident at that point they didn't really understand where we were. Yeah, going. They, don't,
1: they don't address behaviorism, you know, and that, which is a key part uh in 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 addressing
0: changing value you know right and that's you know and it's they seem to think that we can't accomplish that unless we have some kind of other spirituality going on and it's you know once again they they there's a lot of contradictory statements being thrown around and i don't really want to get into all of it but i'm i'm hearing from some people posting about this you know we're not including any metaphysics and then some people you know, then, like I'm talking to Roxanne about it, what is she telling me? You know and it is well, if you include
1: metaphysics in this whole thing, you kind of become an apologist for it by association with it, uh, right, just,
0: well, yeah. And, yeah, and we've and we've seen that already, you know it's like we get all kinds of negative associations that don't belong in the movement. you know we we get all kinds of like problems just because you know even just from some of the material in the zeitgeist films that is not really relevant to what we're we're talking about in the you know the Venus Project. Because of that, we have people already who, you know, well, I don't want to listen to your idea about a resource-based economy because you're a 9/11 truther. Or I don't want to listen to your idea about a resource-based economy because you're anti-religion, you know. And it's that's one of the reasons why we have to be careful what kind of associations we have. We're already getting crazy people saying, oh, you've got Krishna in your movie, it must be religious. And then and I'm sure you remember that ridiculous Alex Jones pit about, you know, the guy with his fingers handed up towards the sun, and then. You know, um, Jim Perkins or was it? Was it Jim Perkins? I'm sure I remember. I think that's it. Um, The economic hitman is like, you John know, what was that?
2: John Perkins.
0: John Perkins. Thank you for for you know for fixing me on that. Jim Perkins is the name of a Celtic musician. That's why that came to my head. But anyway, John Perkins. You know, the economic hitman saying you know that we're all we're all connected and we have this bliss you know you know connectedness. That's your God spirit. And then and then this is the ironic thing. It's Alex went crazy with that and was like, Oh, it is religious. You know, these people are religious. And then like, and then like, what was it like two months later, he has John Perkins on his own radio show. And of course, doesn't mention anything about the fact that he must be the the link to this, you know, satanic sun worshiping cult thing that we've dealt with. You know, and I, I think that people believe, um, I don't, I think that people don't understand that, um, you know, I don't think people don't understand that, that there really is a, a PR thing that needs to be looked at very heavily here is what we are associated with, even if it's unreasonable. You know, that's all we would need. You know, yeah, but
1: you know one thing to understand is is that it's very hard for all of us because the, like Jock says, it's he's, he's really right. The language that we have to work with is, you know, the shortcomings of it are tremendous. There are huge taping holes in our abilities to speak, think, you know even to think within ourselves you know this this mindfulness or this self-knowledge you know what is that about well i think it's about learning how better to first communicate with ourselves and we have to learn we have to learn better words we have to learn better terms we have to learn ways of communicating with each other that don't create conflict from the onset
0: absolutely mm-hmm. you know and that's i i would say that you know um, it, it is too bad that you know this didn't work out and I'm, I'm you know we're still getting contradictory stories as to what took place and I don't I don't really care at the end of the day I just wanted to have somebody who was present for it you know give that view of the story um, and you know I think that you know I'd, I'd like to ask some of the panelists now what they think about this um, so Gilbert what do you what do you think about this issue of being careful of what we associate with and what happened with 2.0 Earth, Earth, Earth 2.0
2: Sure. I mean, I encounter this uh, day by day, certainly with the chapters. Uh, It's very, very important for us to make sure that we distinguish ourselves from uh, certain uh, ideologies or beliefs that are not relevant to this direction at all. Uh, We have uh, some chapters that don't really get the full picture in the beginning and they associate with certain directions. And I can imagine that the Venus project would do the same, the same thing. Even though if it was a promising project, I can't comment about that. I don't know that much about Earth to put in detail, but I, I agree with the decision. Uh, again, I mean it's been stated uh, more time, multiple times on the forums as well as other uh, venues as well. It's something between the Venus project and the movie. It just didn't work out, and I guess that's where we should leave it at. Don't think that the uh, discussion about it right now is really justified.
0: Well, the only reason we're talking about it is just to help people understand, because there, there are people who are angry at the Venus Project for for distancing themselves from this, and they're saying they're going to leave the Zeitgeist Movement because of this decision. And well,
2: so I, uh, this being the conversation that's happening right now, I mean, mm-hmm. the discussion happening in other venues, such as the forums and stuff, people right. getting upset about it. I don't think that's necessary. It's not not necessary at all.
0: Well, I I don't disagree with you. Um, So, uh, that being said, um, Mr. Hamill, you want to chime in?
3: Uh, Sure. See, one of the reasons why I am confident to actually speak about the ideas of the Venus Project and the direction that they want to take is that it bumps up against skepticism very well and I'm a very skeptical person Uh, when I when I was Christian when I was younger I was not able to talk to people about Christianity Uh, we were always kind of uh, you know given the idea that we should we should speak about it to people and we should let people know and I never could do that because I never felt sure Um, I was only you know, involved with that until I was about 12 or 13, and there were definitely sketchy things that happened within the the, uh, uh, religious area that, uh, you know, have drawn me far away from those aspects whatsoever. Um, But the thing is is that the beans Project, the reason why I can go out and talk about it, the reason why I'm confident about it is because, you know, when people ask me questions, I have answers, or at least I can direct them to places where they can find those answers. And it doesn't matter how, mu- how many times I research it. It doesn't matter how many times I watch the material. It all comes into focus. And, you know, if I don't have that confidence, I'm not personally going to speak on something. Um, so the fact that I've, you know... Uh, you know, been a party to starting uh, this this whole group here in London, and that I have people who listen to me and who who want uh, that same confidence uh, from me uh, that I offer to people who I talk to. You know, they're they're looking to me for answers that they can trust. Uh, you know, these are the reasons why I don't ever focus on those things. Um, you know, and because I, I mean I have a whole belief system. You know, backing up. You know what, what I understand, uh, but. It's not something that I would ever share. It's mine. It's my personal growth medium, you know what I mean, to make me a better person or whatnot. Uh, so I don't focus on those things uh, when I'm discussing things with people. I only discuss things that they could check out, find out, uh, and, and agree upon with based on evidence and facts. Um, everything else, is, you know what I mean, It's, it's it has no real function. Uh, and therefore, you know, what I mean? it's not it's not what I'm confident in speaking about. Uh, and I think that's the main reason why, uh, why I think – that it's good that we are actually separating from the project, uh, because we don't, we don't need that. We don't need people to have questions that can't be answered, uh, or at least
4: that can be fragmented or answered differently by different people. And that's yeah, my take on
0: that. Definitely. Um, Thunder, did you want to weigh in?
4: Yeah, sure. Um, first of all, I, I want to make a public apology for what it's worth. Uh, when I first interjected in that thread, I, I had an immediate knee-jerk reaction and said a couple things that may have been a little harsh. So if anyone is now listening or will listen to this uh, this recording, this um, archive, you know, I meant no offense, it was just a knee-jerk reaction to the, uh, to the situation before I even gathered all of in the information, which I should have stepped back and did, and that's my fault, and I take full responsibility for that. Having said that, um, it seems like the argument that comes up from all these groups of people that have kind of these offshoot ideas is that the Venus project, the zeitgeist movement, whatever, is not inclusive enough. And I, I just got to call BS on that. What do you mean? You know, where do we draw the line at being non-inclusive? Uh, you know, do we draw the line at uh, crystal healing? Do we draw the line at uh, telekinesis? Do we draw the line at uh, fake moon landings? I mean, where do we draw the line? You know, somebody's got to draw a line in the sand and say, no, this is not part of what we're doing. And I'm sorry if you don't accept that, but that's the way it is. Now, thank you. Have a good day. You know, we're not trying to ostracize people. It's just, and like you've said so many times that some people... I don't know why it falls on deaf ears. Nobody is going to stop anybody from believing what they want to believe. If they're not harming another person, they're free to believe and do whatever they want. No one's going to be outlawing anything or, you know, any of that kind of nonsense. So I, I, I'm still kind of at a loss as to why people get their feathers so ruffled when someone says, look, that's, that's just not part of what we're doing, but thank you and have a nice day.
0: Right. You know, and that's actually, you know, it, it brings me to another part of this blog that, you know, it's, as much as they try to tell us that this wasn't supposed to be seen in a negative light, it says this stubborn conviction that the Venus Project possesses the only way, practical way to solve the world's problems, proved to be so marked that voices became raised. Now, for the record, as far as I understand it, um, it was people over there that were raising voices. I can't imagine Roxanne and Jock yelling at anybody, but
1: that's correct. You're you're correct on that.
0: Okay, Um, and yet we bent over backwards trying to reason with them. Surely being featured in a major release cinematic film would be for the best and would help them to spread their message regardless. If it was included as part of a broader spectrum of new ideas, I mean their Florida residence was at at, at that time for sale. They need publicity and funds, but no, they adamantly adamantly refused to mix their ideas with other ideas, particularly if those other ideas were about learning from nature or about metaphysics and self-knowledge. And so it was that we parted company. Now, well, they, first I'm, of all,
4: where do they where do they get the idea that this is some huge cinematic worldwide release? It isn't even out yet.
0: Well, I don't it's I the, don't want to get into that. I mean, I I don't okay. want to I don't want to slam okay. on somebody's independent film, okay? I mean, no,
4: but I mean, but the point I, is know,
0: though. What the but the real quick, thunder. But the point here is, is that I'm supposed to walk away from that thinking that metaphysics they weren't bringing any of it into it, and that was not a problem, is what they said right. later in my comments during the comments with me. And but in here they're saying. You know, particularly if those other ideas were about learning from nature or about metaphysics and self-knowledge. And I also, I didn't really like the attitude of, well, they needed money; they should have done this anyway. You know, that didn't just sit very, that didn't sit very well with me. Now, Joel, you were you were saying something about what took place in that particular instance. Once again, remembering we're just trying to clear the air here; we're not trying to you know slam on anybody. But what exactly took place with that?
1: Um. Can you clarify what you're asking? I'm not sure what you mean. This
0: is over the, the issue of the raised voices and the, you know. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, did
1: no. look,
5: <laughs>
1: Simon, who's the writer, he just, he just kept going on and on. Um, at one point, I think Roxanne might have interrupted him just to uh, say, look, maybe you should listen to Jacques instead of trying to talk over him. And uh, at that point, he might have taken some offense. I, I don't know.
0: Hmm. Well, that makes sense. Um, and, you know, and I guess the other part about it is about, you know, oh, well, they needed money, they should have done this anyway. I, that, That's
1: pretty it, offensive.
0: Yeah, I found that kind of offensive myself. It was like, okay, well, I guess, you know, it's like we're not trying to bash the Venus Project, but, you know, the pity, you know that was the whole point is that it, we're trying to, you know, rise above all of that. And, and more to the point, you know, for us to compromise our ideas for money is a, kind of like the antithesis of what we're about. You know, okay. Well, I guess we should have just sold out, you know, because we need publicity and money, you know. And so basically, you know, and then they, they they pointed out, you know, once again the metaphysics thing, you know. And I just at that point I I look at it and I just how am I not gotta
1: understand negative? too? You got to look at too how how many days and weeks of, of t- worth of time that Jock and Roxanne already gave them. There comes a time when you 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 have to say I don't have any more time for this when it's clear that it's not working out. You, you know you just have to kind of cut losses. That's,
4: right. You know,
1: in 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 Simon's word they cut their losses. Well maybe they did in their in the, in their view of things and that's okay.
0: Now, all right now Gilbert did you have anything further to add at this stage? Nope I'm uh, interestingly listening. Okay. Um, what about you, Thunder? I'm sorry to interrupt you earlier. I just wanted to focus on why I had read that.
4: No, that's fine. I wasn't I wasn't trying to demonize anybody. I just I, I thought that's a pretty optimistic expectation of a independent film when it's not even been released yet, I guess. I'm not quite sure why they are so grandiose about it.
0: Well the, the trailers that they made were really good. Um and I, I think, you know, they've got a grand vision, and that's great. You know, I'm sure, I, I like I said, I wish them luck in it. I don't know what they're going to be featuring, but we'll see. I think that,
4: right.
0: you know, I. but when I look at it in retrospect, I, I'm i still having a hard time looking at this and thinking that, you know, it was supposed to be that we were doing something, we did something wrong. And I. this actually brings me to the Cherry Sunday argument that I was bringing up earlier with you, Thunder, was that, this is not the first time we've had a problem like this. You know, it's it's not as if these people didn't have the time to learn about what the Venus Project was about. You know, it's it's not as if they didn't, you know, have an opportunity to do that. And in fact, they even said, here like towards the beginning of their blog, basically something along the lines of, we kind of figured that there, you know, that there might be some problems because they they weren't into this stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, fine. So you, you went and you spent all this money and you did all of this. How did you not figure out what the movement, you know, what it is that they were they were proposing? What is it that we were about? I, I can't imagine how any of them would have interacted with Jacques and Roxanne, particularly not in person, and not had already heard that the metaphysics thing was going to be an issue. Um, the other thing that I'm still confused about is that they, you know, Roxanne said that, you know, this was pitched to her as like a best of money can't buy the movie. And they're saying now that that was never true, that that was never established or, you know. It was.
4: Yeah, that's that's the part that's confusing to me too. It seems like it it started out as a movie about the venus project about the best that money can't buy turning that into a movie and then it kind of morphed into all these other nonsensical things i'm i'm very unclear about that myself
1: joel do you have any insight on that well i i have some thoughts about it and that is that you know jock and roxanne are you know they're not the kind of people that would make them sign a contract as to what this is going to be about they'll just you know they really try to work with people and look they work 24-7. 24/7 these guys don't take vacation they really don't I've been here about eight months and and we've worked every day of, of that of, of the last eight months that I've been here um, it, they live breathe and work this work um, if this doesn't work out you know look it's not the end of the it's not the last thing that to, to come along there's there's going to be plenty of other things that come along and and I'm sure this world tour is going to be um, phenomenal in terms of of new contacts and new possibilities. So it isn't a big hurdle. I really don't see it that way.
0: No, me neither. I'm not, I'm not worried about it like that. I, the problem is, is that there's a bit of a hysteria developing about it. And I think that's one of the things would have been
1: nice, you know, it would have been nice for it to work out. They do have nice equipment, but uh, you know, Hey, there's, there's, Tons of filmmakers out there, I think, that might like the, you know to have this opportunity to to bring these these ideas out there. Um, uh, we just have to keep keep an eye and ear out for it.
0: No, absolutely. You know, and that's that's actually what um, you know. That, I think that's part of what Thunder was trying to get at. I think he was just being a bit more blunt <laughs> than I was hoping for. You know, that would be me. Was the fact that it's um, it's not a big deal, guys. I mean, that the film's not even made yet. We don't know how well it's going to do. We don't know where it's going to go. I wish them luck. I am totally behind independent filmmakers who want to change the world and you know raise awareness, whether I you know agree with everything they're saying or not. I watch films that are you know not necessarily things I totally agree with. I watched Esoteric Agenda and you know stuff you know, like if this, that.
5: If this was a
1: film uh, in the works with James Cameron that fell through, I'd be kind of bummed.
0: Right. But even if it were a film with James Cameron, you know, and he expected us to compromise the, the principles of the Venus Project, it doesn't really help us at that point if we're going to, you know, water down, you know, what it is that we're talking about. You know, the funny thing is, is, you know, James Cameron, I, I've said this before, some of these major filmmakers, I think, are trying to send messages to the people. You know, I mean, movies, because like, that's one of the reasons why a major film was why we were, we were pushing for that rather than a city, is that. People don't really pay attention to that stuff. They've had stuff like the biodome and things like that in the past, and you know, it's the only people who are interested in that stuff are the scientists. You know, they're really, they're really smart people. You want to get through to the way game, they're
1: going. The way okay. these, the way a lot of these movies are presented are, 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 you know, the obscurantism of those points is is overwhelming. <laughs> so
0: right. I mean, well, like you take, uh, you know, B for Vendetta is the film that got me into, you know, all of this, made me start thinking outside the box. You have The Matrix. Um, and I think there's actually more metaphor to the Matrix than I think people lend on. They, they think it's a, ooh anti-machine movie. I'm like, no, it, it's a, it's an anti-false reality enforced by everybody in it movie, in my opinion. That's Wachowski Brothers. Um, they're actually like uh, intentionally am, ambiguous from what I've seen. They kind of hide their identities, which doesn't really surprise me, but some of the more mainstream ones, like James Cameron's recent movie Avatar, you know, obviously had some serious messages, especially the part where The Marine says, you see, this is how it's done. You you know, if somebody has something you want, you make them your enemy, and then you declare war on them. I was like, wow, that was a powerful message, you know. That was more subtle, you know. And then you have, um, uh, what was another good one that that, kind of did this was, uh, um, you know, this one actually kind of surprised me. It was called The Green Zone, Um, and it, it was a film about Iraq. And I, I was watching it, it had Matt Damon in it, it was the lead, and I was like, okay, well, it's probably going to be your typical action film, let's go check this out. And, and lo and behold, it's a totally anti-Iraq war movie. Like, just, you know, every moment was, you know, we don't. there were no weapons over there, you know, it was all covered up. I was like, wow, this is like watching a dramatization of the, my favorite documentary about Iraq was No End in Sight. You know, and I was just, like, sitting there with my mouth open. And then, like, another really excellent example was all of a sudden Lucas decides to come out of nowhere with the first three Star Wars movies, meaning the episode one, two, and three. And, you know, whether or not you like them or not is kind of irrelevant is that people even looked at him and said, are you trying to make a play on, you know, George Bush? It's like, oh, no, I'm talking about the Nixon administration, you know, uh, false war on false pretenses where the people involved are... You know, apparently involved with the people that are on the other side of the war, you know, that's the whole separatist versus the empire thing, or going, what was it, the empire, the republic thing, and, you know, then we need to kill the, the Jedi, i.e. the Constitution, cough, cough, you know, to make sure that the, the things that, you know, are put in place to protect people are gone. So I, I've been seeing that, you know, that Hollywood's been kind of changing in that direction, that they're slowly giving these messages, and then you got guys who are a little bit more blatant about it, like Oliver Stone, but... Overall, you know, it's, it, you know, I do think that we'll, we'll have more of an opportunity with that. And I see some of it like uh, that show Caprica. Um, I was blown away. And it's the sequel of the Battlestar Galactica show, basically. And Eric Stoltz's character at one point says the words, there will be no lasting change until we eliminate the profit motive. And I just sat there going, whoa, <laughs> you know, and then you're watching the show and it's got a little bit of stuff that reminds me of the Venus project. And it. Now, mind you, You know, it's kind of counterproductive towards some ends because it does have, you know, "quote unquote" evil robots that are going to kill everybody kind of thing in it. But, um, but, but at the end of the day, it was like that was intermingled with this other message, you know. And so, you know, that's basically what I see out of that. And it looks like we have a caller, so I'm going to go ahead and bring them on the air. Um, Hold on a moment, caller from the six one eight area code. You're on the air. You may want to pause the show. Okay, not hearing anything out of them. They may not know I've called them up yet. But um, all right. Um, well, um, well they hung up. <laughs> so in any case, you know people are always chicken. If you guys want to call in, please let me know. Um, we've got the one eight hundred, or it's not a one eight hundred number, but I have a toll free number I purchased for the listeners. If you'd like to call in, uh, it's one eight seven seven two five nine zero eight seven three. That's one 1- eight seven seven two five nine zero eight seven three and you can call in for free in the um basically united states and i believe canada um as well you can also add me to your skype the skype number is vtv115 um if you add that then pm me and i will add you to the show if you would like to come on so that being said um so uh, looking at all this stuff, you know it's it the other thing is is that the the anti zeitgeist anti Venus project people are having a field day with it. This is one of the other things that I said you know on the on the Facebook was like you know for supposedly not wanting to bash the Venus Project, you guys are not really doing a whole lot about some of these vicious attacks that are on your Facebook, and they're like, well, people have viciously attacked us, I'm like, okay, I guess fair enough but you know some of the stuff that's being said there you know they're even saying well said to you know is stuff that's really nasty and i'm hoping that we can bury all this that's why it's like this is the last time i'm even going to mention this or participate in it or talk about it and you know i back peter's decision to say that this really doesn't you know there's no point in you know conversing about this negatively any further you know if if something good comes out of their movie then great you know um if not then okay you know Um, but in the main people who are focusing that's what i was going to say before i noticed the caller was the cherry sunday argument was that there are people who want to project into these things what they want out of it you know it's and this is generally like the chronology i'm using cherry sundays as an analogy but and i see that we have another caller let me finish my story here about cherry sundays and we'll go on but it's like basically they say you know well i want the venus project I, i read all of your information but i want the venus project to be about cherry sundays and we're like well it's not about Cherry Sundays. And they're like, Well, I want it to be about Cherry Sundays and you're like, I'm sorry, it's not about Cherry Sundays. Well well, this is the Zeitgeist movement and there are no leaders, so I wanna vote. Let's vote on it. I wanna vote on whether or not it's gonna be about Cherry Sundays. And we're like, No, we're not gonna do that either. Look, you know, we've tried to tell you politely it's okay, we're not gonna make Cherry Sundays illegal, but that's not what the Venus Project is about. You know, and they're just they're not satisfied with that answer. They're, you know, they're not satisfied with the answer of, you can still eat cherry sundays. It's just not what we're, you know, it's not what we're about. It's not what we're
2: concentrating. What, what the hell is a cherry sundae? It's, a,
0: it, it's an analogy, Gilbert. It, we're not actually talking about cherry sundays. I'm using it as an example of something. I understand, a big, but what
2: does yeah. it mean? <laughs> oh, it's, a dessert.
0: it's a dessert, Gilbert. <laughs> it's ice cream. <laughs> Thank
2: you.
0: No problem. You see, this is why <laughs> we can't have cherry sundays. It's part of the movement because it, it causes too much confusion. So... <laughs> In Any case, um you know caller, if you want to call back in, go ahead. Um, I was just getting ready to enable your mic when you hung up, but in any case, um, you know as I was saying, you know it's just it's like they don't understand that're um, we're, we're not going to change what it is that the, the movement is about for them. you know it, it still needs to be about provable concepts that are compatible with what we're doing. The caller went ahead and called back in, so we're going to bring them on. Um, caller from the 213 area code, you're on the air. Hey, is that me? Uh, yeah, that's you. Hey, it's Ozzy. Ozzy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I can add you via Skype, dude, and it'll sound much better. You sound terrible on the phone. Go ahead. All right, I'll add you via Skype. But, uh, thanks for calling in, we'll bring you back on. So, anyway yeah wow he's calling all the way from ireland but anyway but anyway yeah do you understand what i mean about the the cherry sunday analogy though is just that it's like you know i'm just saying it's like people want to make it that way oh well, wait i forgot the last stage which is you're totalitarian and evil and close-minded because you won't allow us to make the zeitgeist movement about cherry sundays and i'm just like no wait, wait, you don't understand You know, it's like to do that would make it not what it is. It's like, it's not like we went to their house and said, you have to join the Zeitgeist Movement and the Venus Project. And if you don't, then, you know, there's going to be repercussions. In fact, it's the opposite. We said, look, this is what this is about, you know, and if you want to be part of it, join us. if you don't want to be part of it, that's okay too, but don't tell us what to do with it. And then don't demand that we change it the way you want it to be. And then say we're closed-minded if we don't. If you can come up with a good argument, it's not like we're closed-minded. If you can come up with a really good argument, you can change the attitude about certain things. You know, I, for example, one, you know, I, I pointed out that we could use these third-party political you know, situations to help reach members of the movement. We don't have to totally ignore the political side of things. And they agreed. I presented a logical argument, and they went along with it. It's not like they're just you know, going to say, absolutely not. You know, Heil Hitler, we're going to just you know, totally be Nazis about this stuff. And that's what's being projected at us. When they throw words like totalitarian, you know, and authoritative and all that other crap around, it's not about that. You know, but you don't go to a, you know, a dance club, you know, to learn how to dance and then have them, you know, some other guy say, let's take a vote. I'd actually rather learn karate today, you know, and expect that to work. Now, all right, Azzy, you're on the call. What did you want to add?
1: Hey, I just wanted to
2: clarify, so this show tonight, I haven't been listening, by the way, um, I've been quite busy, but it's about, um, what, is it trolling, is it?
0: The second half is going to be about trolling, the first half is about Earth
2: 2.0. Oh, right, well, um, well, if you don't mind me pointing out, there's a person sitting in your chat room by the name of Fertilizer
0: Spike, now that may might ring a bell to some, but um, if you want to know, his real name is Cody Eugene Bickers, and he lives in Marion, Illinois. Now, that may – that might actually ring a bell to some people. Um, he is also known as Hominy Grits or – what is it? What else did he put his name as? Oh, too many, I forget. But just, just to let you know, I mean, it's pretty relevant to the topic, and I'm sure maybe,
5: maybe something will come out of this, you know, maybe something constructive or, or comedic at, at least.
0: Yeah, something I think constructive he ha- did come out of it. I banned him from the chat room. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I think, the, I think you got to let him
4: call into the show.
0: Oh, no, don't... You know, then i got to edit him out after he's just spent all of his time cussing and all that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, yeah, but anyway, um, thank you for bringing that to my attention, Azzy. Ironically, we will be talking about Mr. Fertilizer Spike here in a little while.
5: No problem. I'll talk to you guys later.
0: Yep, thank you. So, um, all that being said, uh, um, for those of you who don't know who Hominy Grits is, we'll be covering that in the second hour of the show. Uh, but... Um, so I guess kind of now we're kind of wrapping up. We're down to about the last 10 minutes of this particular segment. You know, as I said previously, Joel, if you'd like to stay on, you're you're totally welcome. Um, I just kind of wanted to get some closing thoughts from everybody about this in the last 10 minutes or so that we have for this topic. Um, go ahead and uh, I'll start with you, Joel.
1: Okay, well, I, I just have one kind of closing thought about the whole thing, and that is when you kind of um, – in, in the process of doing something like – a film or, or, or a creative project uh, of that scope anytime you kind of dilute the facts or, or you prevent the, the full details of something becoming known by obscuring it with uh, uh, with things that aren't relevant you really do it a disservice and and that's that's what my perception would have been of, of, of uh, you know the earth two thing moving forward if, if those issues hadn't been addressed and, and and it went through so you know that's all that's all I really can say about it <clears throat>
2: Oh, all right. Uh, Gilbert? Okay. Um, well, all I wanted to add is, that, as a closing thought, is that I, I just hope that uh, their 2.0 movie development goes well. I wish the best of luck to uh, Frank De Silva and his team. And, um, yeah, as mentioned before, something that's unfortunate that it uh, went that way, but probably for the best. So that's uh, really all. Don't forget Jim, by the way. He's on the call, too.
0: Oh, no, I haven't forgotten. Jim, go ahead.
3: Uh, Yeah, I just want to remind people that what we need right now is unity, not ambiguity. Uh, And I think that that's really important. Uh, If we want to all uh, get on the same page, the only way to do that, the only thing that has ever worked that has transcended uh, culture, creed, nationality, sex, everything um, has been science and technology. Anyone can sit on a chair or use a cell phone or, or, or do any of those things, right? So and um, that's that's my point Matt
0: okay uh, Thunder
4: yeah you know just at the end of the day um, I think this is one of those issues that we just need to move on from and if there's any more correspondence between the two parties I think it should be just that between the two parties
0: right well you know um, thank you Joel for coming on as I said would you like to stick with us or did you have something you needed to do
1: yeah I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and, and hit the road here but thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for everything
0: no problem man thank you
2: um, with my own it's closing statement uh, did you have something else Joel no 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 I, I interjected I just want to say hi Joel it was nice, nice and great to meet you at Z-Day and thanks for coming it's on you guys are doing, it's great no
0: problem take care bye all right. Take care, uh, Joe. In my own closing statement, I think that something that might come in handy here uh, would be that maybe they should consider um, the possibility of becoming involved maybe with uh, the Community Planet Foundation. Uh, I know that he's a little bit you know, more open-minded. I know he's got some metaphysical stuff that he believes. So, you know, that, that could be something that he might, you know, that that or 2.0 might be more interested in. Um, I don't know if maybe you guys don't really know about that as much as I do because I talk to uh, Jack Reed a lot, um, and that would also help because Mr. Reed understands that you've got to have the the right you know that you got to have the right attitude in order for these sorts of things to work. Um, do you guys have any comment on that?
4: I'm not familiar with it myself. I I don't. I can't comment.
0: Oh, you didn't listen to my show about that.
4: I that's one that I have missed. No.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I guess, you know, I got to re-add Jim. He accidentally got dropped from the call. Uh, We still had 10 minutes left on that topic, but I'm not going to beat it to death. I kind of, I think we've covered it. Uh, But basically, you know, uh, good luck to the people over there, I guess. And I I hope that they make a good movie. And because I'm VTV and I love documentaries, I'm sure I'll end up checking it out, provided, you know, that they actually get it finished. Um, And uh, I wish them luck, I guess is the way to put it, so...
4: Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I, I think we are, we all are of the same mind that we we don't want them to think that we're bashing them, even though, like I said, there was this knee-jerk reaction initially. Good luck to them. I hope it works out for them and and they're successful. And uh, that's it. Again, uh, any any further correspondence should probably be between the two parties.
0: Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, um, the only other thing I would say to people who are listening. Um, in regards to this issue, you know, don't panic and leave the Zeitgeist movement just because we're not, you know, interested in this specific movement and getting into the metaphysical esoteric stuff. It doesn't mean that, you know, we're going to make it illegal. And I've seen a lot of projection along that line. That's just It's just that it's not what we're focused on. We want to be able to project these ideas to anybody regardless of what their metaphysical background is, you know, regardless of what their their other, you know, whatever their personal beliefs are not really relevant as was put up in, you know, the, in Zeitgeist like to denim. You know, whatever your personal beliefs are, are irrelevant in comparison to the the realities, the hard realities of what needs to be changed in order for the world to improve. So yeah, and
4: I think I think you know I I think a big mantra should be that we're trying really, and I think we should be really focusing on the similarities that we all have, not the differences.
0: Yeah, that's true. So, that being said, I guess we'll move on to the next topic. Uh, the next topic is about the issue of um it's called a look inside the mind of a troll. This is probably what brought um, Mr. Hominy Gritz into my chat room is because it's about him in some ways because he kind of spilled the beans a little bit in such a way that kind of revealed what you know what he what it is that he's doing. And the reason that this is so funny is that I remember when I did the "When Will We Have no Rules show. Uh, there were some people from the, you know, who are now involved with another organization that has nothing to do with the Zeitgeist movement who were like, well, that, that show was BS. And, you know, we, you know, several moderators agreed with me that that was BS. High level moderators thought that that was BS. That was the, the show where we had to actually get into the definition of authority in order to talk about what an authoritarian is, because a lot of people were being called authoritarians. And um, so uh, we, you know, th- basically I I had done that show and that blog and I've noticed that I guess some of these people who didn't like the facts being put in front of them kind of ignored it. But um, recently uh, I've been witnessing some exchanges that uh, Mr. Vickers had with uh, some people on this conspiracy science blog. And the funny thing is, is that the conspiracy science blog is kind of another example of this. And a bunch of group of people basically, you know, the time that I was there briefly just to have a little social experiment Um, there wasn't really a lot of science being talked about. Um, There was a lot of you're fat, uh, you're poor, uh, you know, uh, theories into what my personal motivations are. It's like for all the hatred of conspiracy theories, you know, it was all about, you know, uh, theories about who I am, what my beliefs are, you know, so that they had more ad hominem, more things to personally attack me with. Uh, One of them even went so far as to theorize that I'm not actually married to my wife um, this is how far that they took things. And it's because of the fact that they don't really know me very well. And they don't really want to argue science. They they want to argue who the person is, as a, as, you know, as a person. And that's the reason I speak out against ad hominem. As, you know, these people, I don't, I don't stay up late at night thinking about what these people say about me. I don't, I don't care about that. It's the issue that these sorts of things are a serious destructive force to, to cognitive, you know, conversation, be able to have any kind of, you know, uh, constructive conversation it's it's a it's a detriment to any kind of intelligent exchange of ideas in an atmosphere like that you can't have an exchange of ideas that's really about intelligence um basically or intelligent ideas you can't you can't exchange any kind of real information because then all of a sudden we're talking about you know me being fat rather than talking about you know whatever issue we're talking about you know whether it be uh something critical like you know geothermal energy or whatever you know, and I, I recently brought up how dangerous this sort of thing is in a, during a, a international meeting where I said, you know, the reason why this stuff is so dangerous, you know, I mean, beyond just the issue of it being, you know, people getting mad at each other, it's, it's that we can't allow that kind of that kind of politics to, to grow and to flourish within the movement. You know, they're worried about us, you know, having authoritarians in the movement, but they don't really look at the full measure of and the, ex- the example I gave was, what if, you know, let's just take Cody Vickers as an example, was on a board of directors building a geothermal plant. And he was using his typical, you know, behavior, and nobody will say anything, of course, because we got to have free speech. So he just basically yells and screams at anybody who disagrees with him, and he comes up with, like, a, a faulty design for a geothermal plant. And one of the other people, let's say it's ASI, is trying to, you know, reason with him and says, hey, man, you know, um, you've got a faulty design here. It's going to be dangerous, you know, at one of the board meetings. We need to fix this. Well, his answer to that is, well, you know, F you this and F you that, and you need to shut up and you need to disappear and all this other crap that he's typically saying, you know, and just basically physically intimidates the person that he's talking to, which I don't think he could really successfully do to Asie, but you get the point, is that that that's what he's doing. And because of that, the issue of the faulty design doesn't get brought up. And because of that, there's, let's say, an explosion of the geothermal plant. kills about 1,000 people. This is the reason we can't allow these kinds of tactics to be employed. You want to talk about what's contradictory to the movement? Because that's the other thing these people usually pull is they'll say, you know, you banning people is contradictory to the movement. You know, you having rules is contradictory to the movement. You know, and they always fail to remember that we can't get rid of you know, rules and laws and all that until we have changed in the environment in such a way that the negative behavior doesn't take place. That's the critical part that these people fail on. So now that I've been you know, over kind of a review of what that was about, remember that we have to change the environment and then the negative behavior stops. Then we don't need authority. It's not we turn off the authority and then the behavior stops. That's absurd. And every time I've ever seen it tried, you know, as a libertarian, you know, especially with anarchists, it's never worked. And the reasons why are what we're going to get into here in this blog. So the title of the blog was A Look Inside the Mind of a Troll. You can read along with us at v-radio.org. If you go to the blog button, I'm also going to drop this link in the chat, you will find, um, the, you know, a link to this blog. So I'm going to go ahead and read from it, and then we'll you know, bring on the panelists to talk about it. Oh, Hold on a second. It looks like we have a caller. Let's see how this goes. This should be interesting. Caller from the 618 area code, you're on the air.
1: Yeah, I'd like to just address uh, some of the issues you just raised about me. This is Cody Vickers, by the way. Uh, I'd like to address some of the issues that you uh, tried to Put out there, you said I yell and scream at anyone who disagrees right. with me, which is simply untrue. Uh, you take a look at the
0: moderators' actions, though they do have a history of banning people who simply disagree with them. Now, if you have uh, this recording where I was reprogramming thunder,
1: and you think that's an example of why I should uh, be excluded from the movement,
0: all <laughs> I say is you must be you must be deranged. Okay. Well, thank you for adding your opinion. <laughs>
4: I still want to know why he thinks he reprogrammed me. I'm no different than I was before that.
0: Me neither. Well,
5: apparently uh, I have know. a
0: recording. I mean, if, if, if he says he doesn't yell at people, um, I, I you know, I, I can always play the recording. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> it's got a lot of cuss words in it. So, um, you know, for those of you who want to hear it, though, I did link the recording in the blog post. So if you want to hear Mr. Vickers uh, talk about that, as you'll notice, I didn't just – hang up on him immediately if he you know he he, he responded so that's okay so i gave him his opportunity to do so and he even managed to not freak out and i think it's probably because he was doing pr but if you don't you want, know, if you don't believe me you know you can go read the you listen to the recording itself where he says as he's saying is reprogramming thunder and that's actually the insidious part about this okay so we're going to go ahead and read from the blog um so i have been monitoring when uh when Uh, Sorry, one of our more notorious trolls for the purpose of getting inside the strategies they employ. I'm sure many of you are familiar with him, but who he is is not as important as what he is doing and why. I know many of you have read my post, When Will We Have No Rules, about the issue of when the Zeitgeist Movement will be without rules and moderators who enforce them. I pointed out in this blog post that the intention of many of the people who want to remove these fail-safes want them removed so that they can be the new authority. Some of the trolls claim that even some of the moderation team thought my show on this subject was BS. They recently, on another forum, one of our star trolls revealed uh, why it was he behaves the way he does. The premise that must be understood is that these people engage in hostile behavior to assert control over other users in a chat room, forum, or voice chat. Some of them are better at this than others, but this is still very real. I pointed out how they will become the real despotic authoritarians but they do it without moderator powers or rules, which is why they claim we don't need them. They do it by directly insulting and therefore mentally assaulting users who do not toe the line and respect their authority. So the quote I'm about to bring up exposes this in great detail. Before I quote it though, I'll give you a little background on the conversation that led to this troll exposing himself. Recently on an anti-Zeitgeist uh, movement forum, the conspiracy forum, science, science forum, I mentioned earlier. The users there began to go after him because of his belief in 9-11 conspiracy theories. Because this forum is not moderated, the inevitable free-for-all of insult slinging went back and forth. They started to attack him for what is rather obvious mental delusions and derangement. After a user who obviously knows who um, who he is exposed information about him and linked a couple of recordings of his previous maniac rants on various Zeitgeist Movement voice chat mediums, He defended his behavior of attacking a user by stating he was trying to reprogram the brain of his victim, as he just said in the call, which is kind of ironic. The following quotes are about this. Now, these are quotes taken directly from that, and I give links to it, but, I definitely was acting like a drill sergeant. I was reprogramming his mind, and it was successful. Now he feels a twinge of anxiety any time he contemplates threatening people, and it curbs his behavior somewhat. Another quote and this is probably the more dangerous one. I know how to change minds. The technique is called repeated rhythmic insult and it's virtually infallible. The Marines use it to turn the librarians into paid killers. And once again guys, this is you know we're we're so worried about not being like the evil authoritarians and in the recording that you can listen to it talks about him saying, you know, I'm a pacifist, you know, I don't do any of that stuff and you guys are using the same failed, you know, uh, moderator ideals of the, the system that have been fatal, a dismal failure, you know, you can't do this. And, just, you know, and, then like, and then he, you know, for all of his invoking of you guys are acting like, you know, czars, and uh, he said most of that in the other recording, but, you know, the police state types. Then he goes on to admit that he's using techniques that he supposedly learned from the Marines to brainwash people. Now, I give, here's the link to the recording in question. Some parts of this recording are not really relevant, but if you get through it, you'll eventually get to the lunacy that ensued, when this individual took it upon himself to try and modify the behavior of another person. Here you have somebody who is actively engaging in what amounts to psychological warfare. Ironically, after stating that we are failing because, of, because we are using all the same failed methods, that's what I said earlier, of control that the state does, so his solution turn to the far more insidious methods of the state that are used to brainwash our soldiers. An interesting grasp on morality, to be sure. I understand the big scare people have of moderators and authority figures getting out of control. The funny thing is we are actually creating these problems within the moderation team when we constantly hound them and allow them to be hounded. There may have been one or two examples of abuse of authority by members of the moderation team but there is also a large number of trolls who cry wolf whenever a moderator acts against them at all. And this brings to bear our inherent fear of the abuse of authority. And what I mean by crying wolf is they'll be like, he's just banning me because I disagreed with him. And he's just doing this. You know, they, they don't ever get into the fact, well, I don't suppose the reason we banned you has anything to do with your use of the, um, the F word or the, you know, any of the. The, the yeah. one that seems to be common is the F-A-G-G-O-T word. They like to throw that one around a lot. You know, yeah, it, the, it, it's just the Go ahead, Thunder. It,
4: I was just going to say before we move on, it's it's funny that even when he called in, he's making claims that that moderators ban people for disagreeing them. And I, I have been a moderator and an admin for a long time in this movement, and I can guarantee you, without any equivocation, nobody has ever, ever had an account suspended or been banned for simply disagreeing, ever. It's never happened. That is a bold-faced lie.
0: You know, not that I've ever seen it either. You know, I've had situations where there's been moderators we've had to talk to, you know, because maybe they've gone a little over the top. But um, in addition to that, though, um, the, go ahead and finish, actually, you know, unless you wanted to comment on anything we've said so far, Gilbert or Jim?
2: No,
3: go ahead. Yeah, I'm still listening right now. I notice there's still some more of the blog there, so I'll let you guys
2: go ahead. Sure, sure.
0: All right, well, um, then we find ourselves turning on the mods who are here to protect us, and more importantly, protect the quality of conversation. And then the call of abusive authority is itself abused. This is the crying wolf. People start calling abusive authority even when they are in the wrong. The hysteria created leads to a situation where a tiny minority continues to project itself as a majority, this minority being people who actually have problems with the moderation team. They project over and over again that a lot of people, or many people, or more and more people have a problem with the moderators. Just a little while ago on my Facebook, someone went so far as to say, this behavior is pushing out the majority of the movement. All that is left on the forums now are moderators and people in positions of authority within the movement which is obviously absurd. But like Hitler said, repeat a lie often enough, and it will become truth. So to, to basically, to, to kind of clarify, what the guy was saying, and he, he did sensory sin this, so I don't want him to think I was bringing this up for that reason, but it's not uncommon to hear it. They're like, oh, the majority of people are leaving the movement because of the moderators. You know, All we have left is moderators and people in positions of authority. I'm like, okay, well, if that was the case, then like six people would have shown up to Z-Day. You know, it's... <laughs> It's a silly comment, but when you say it often enough, then it starts to become something that people are repeating. Well, I heard this, you know, and then it, you know, from these people, so it must be true. You know, that's why you've got to be careful about making these generalizations, these huge sweeping statements, unless you're absolutely sure that they're true. And that was an example right. of how it went that far.
2: Did you? And they something? can be.
0: Sorry, go ahead,
2: Gilbert. They can be, and I, I get this comment uh, quite a lot. Certainly, when uh well, when in the beginning, these, uh, these uh, events took place when people started to become uh, upset about moderation and issues. Uh, I kept getting this argument thrown at me. Yeah, people are leaving the movement. Uh, the movement will be uh, gone in a few months, uh, stuff like that, and there's no growth. And I kept telling them, well, you don't have any insight in this, in this information. I can assure you right now that... We are at a point of enormous grout. The amount of chapters getting out there, the amount of people joining these local chapters, the movement is perfectly healthy. The only thing wrong with it is the people that are trying to disturb the, the grout by bad-mouthing it all the time. That's all. Sorry, I interjected, and you'll just need to get it out.
0: Were you trying to say something too, Jim?
2: Uh, no, no, no. Go okay. ahead. Sorry.
0: All right. Um. Now... This is about the repeating a lie often enough and it will become a true thing. Um, now, I tried to explain in detail in my previous post about authority, what exactly was taking place, about how these trolls ask us to eliminate all authority, and then if we do this, we'll be free to talk and express ourselves. That's actually quoted quite a bit by Mr. Vickers when he creates sock puppet accounts on the Zeitgeist forums. He's like, oh, yeah, come to our forums where these other forums that they're suggesting, you know, where you'll never be deal with intimidation or harassment or... You know any of that, and I, I just I laugh because you know in those same posts he's like oh by the way VTV is a big fat ass and um, Dark Dancer is a flaming homosexual you know and I'm just like wow okay well so we're going to go to your forum where we're never going to deal with intimidation or harassment or name calling and when you read their uh, the the chat logs from that group that's all they do all day is just sit there and complain about the zeitgeist movement and with that kind of vulgar language so it just seems really silly at the end of the day when you think about it but now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and continue reading here. Uh, The part they leave out is that they actually want us to do this, basically to remove all moderators and all that, so that they will be free to control the minds of the people in the chat room through bullying, intimidation, and repeated, repeated rhythmic insults so that they can be the ones who effectively ban or mute people through their destructive language. We can have free speech, but free speech has, um, was meant to be the free exchange of constructive criticisms and exchanges of ideas. You cannot have either in a situation where the only people actually free to do this are the ones who are more, that are more creative and diligent in their insults and bully tactics than other users. I realized that the best person to explain it was the worst troll in the history of Wikipedia, Cody Eugene Vickers, a.k.a. Hominy Grits, a.k.a. Planet Satire, a.k.a. Kyle Troy, and this is how he explained it. Once again, I quote, I know how to change minds. The technique is called repeated rhythmic insult, and it's virtually infallible. The Marines use it to turn librarians into paid killers. Let me ask you to consider this. Is it free speech if someone has the ability to destroy conversation anytime they want to by employing, employing these tactics? Allowing the absolute freedom of speech in situations like this is like saying that the right to own a handgun also gives you the right to shoot people if you happen to feel like it. In allowing people to just shoot each other with impunity in the name of freedom, we just hand the reins of tyranny over to whomever is willing to do the shooting. The whole time that this person is whining that we are supposedly using all the despotic tactics of the system that we oppose, he is using something far more insidious than laws or people to enforce them. He is willfully and intentionally engaging in psychological warfare. The biggest threat to freedom of speech is also people abusing it. They blame the system. But the reason even the best intention systems eventually have to put restrictions on things is not because of peaceful people speaking their minds. It's because of people acting like this. And some of them even revel in that. Here's another quote. I've induced them to put harsh restrictions and even harsher face on this movement. So he knows that his behavior is causing us to do certain things to help moderate the forums. And this is his like thing of I'm altering their behavior. And he takes, you know, interest in that. Now, So despite all of the self-glorified delusions of being some sort of freedom fighter, it is people like him that are the textbook examples of the downside of the freedom of speech, along with the racists and the bigots, etc. It's important that if you want your forum to be free of pollution of this kind, that you speak out against it. And if you really want to see less out of the moderators, there needs to be a paradigm shift in how people address this sort of thing. The notion that it's going to happen by just throwing a lever and eliminating all authority when we are still living in the value system that makes this that infeasible is absurd. The fact that people even value or think this sort of behavior is productive in any way proves that we are not ready for that, and people acting like it, enabling it, or justifying it keeps us further and further away from the days when we actually will have no mods or rules. So. That's the finish of the blog. Um, first, I'm going to open it up to comments. I'm going to start with you, Jim, since you have said the least.
3: Yeah, all right. Um, actually, I was waiting for you to finish the blog because I wanted you to get on the topic of free speech. I've already read it earlier to, to sort of prepare. Um, and the reason why I was waiting is because I had that same idea. And I actually was one of the people who were you know, trying to basically get uh, a little bit more openness, or what I understood of what was openness or freedom of speech, um, in in the uh, uh, in in uh, Teamspeak and, and kind of making that uh, that happen, and I was kind of uh, like that. And then in one of the reasons was that I was thinking in that direction is because I had no experience in it. Uh, but now that I am the administrator of our chapter here, I've actually had uh, an incident of a troll that I had to deal with, um, and they weren't actually being abusive, uh, but they were definitely spreading information that was uh, highly against. The Zeitgeist movement, and when I sent the message that I was going to be banning the gentleman, uh, it, it was uh, you know in a way that you know you, it's not this is not defeating your freedom of speech. You still have the entire forum of the internet and the rest of the world to go ahead and speak on these things. Um, the, I, like I'm not I'm not stopping you doing those things. Uh, just you're not going to do it you know at in in our page in our Facebook page, you right? Know, which basically, what was happening? Um, it's like this is where we have our forum, and you can have your forum as well, just not in our forum. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that's the thing that I finally realized it firsthand, and I've actually come back and, and some of the people who I was associating with at the time, I no longer associate, uh, and one of the things was that I felt that I was being uh, pulled away from the Zeitgeist Movement. Um, I started interacting more with these people, and uh, then I started getting uh, you know, uh, kind of picked on for still sticking with the Zeitgeist Movement. Uh, and the ideals therein, right? And that's when I started separating myself from from uh, the the people or whoever I was speaking with, who at first I was trying to stick up for, uh, to the moderators. Um, and, and that was the thing because I started becoming a target, and and you know where I wasn't a target before, and that's why I was kind of you know enabling them, if you want to say that. Uh, so again, firsthand, I know, like I can say specifically that there is always. Uh, a, Here's a good example. Thunder has, has a, a good way of, of just asking very politely, what is your intention of being here? You know what I mean? And anyone who skirts that, like I could answer that very easily. Thunder answered it when the question was asked of him, and I guarantee everyone that is on this panel right now can answer that very easily. Um, everyone who seems to have an ulterior motive never wants to answer that question, do they? And, and I think it's an important question, and you know, because you know, what am I here for? I could very easily answer. I'm here to, you know, inform people of the of the uh, Venus Project and, and uh, all that it entails. Uh, you know, it's simple. And 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 why people avoid the question uh, is, is usually a, a good clue as to their motivations and that they're not here.
2: Right. All right, Gilbert. You want to go next? Sure. Thanks, Neil. Um, yeah, sure, I have uh, quite a bit to elaborate on this, actually, certainly by working with the chapters uh, day by day, not only on the international forums, but also on the the national chapters or state chapters or city chapters forums, they deal with exactly the same issues. And we have to realize what is actually a workable solution. I I come across people who don't fully understand the movement yet, which is obviously nothing to be blamed for in any way but which is a problem at the moment that do mistake the movement for a platform or sorry the mediums of the movement that's not stayed the, the mediums of the movement as a place where everybody should be free and happy to do whatever they but well, sorry I'll keep it decent whatever they want um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that um and, and that, that is generally not true. The, the mediums of the movement are a work platform. They could be seen as a sort of office space, so to say, not relating to corporatism or anything, but it's where we do what we do in order to promote the movement. And if somebody is in there as misbehaving, as we've seen so much lately, they need to be uh, either warned uh, or talked to in a very decent way or they remove this. It's, it's as simple as that. And even with recent events, uh, this stance hasn't been changed. And I'm actually very happy that most of the chapter coordinators, because there were quite a few that had some ideological differences about this stance, they were like, well, I don't really want to be that way, and we should let people be how they, they want to be. And I mean, sure, as long as they can behave and interact with the people within your group because certainly when it comes to the chapters, when you have one person spoiling it for the for the rest, the chapter is in danger to be completely destroyed. We, we are seeing this, we can talk about this a bit later, but there's, aside from Mr. Vickers, uh, uh, there are more people that are persistently uh, very abusive towards other people, and even show up at face-to-face meetings to spoil it for the rest. Um, these are serious situations, and uh, Certainly, when talking to the chapters, there is just one advice for me. Uh, talk to them, uh, try to reason with them. If it doesn't work, kick them out and hard, and don't let them come back. That's the way we have to deal with this for now. There's no other way currently. We're not uh, psychologists. We can't change the environment these people are in. If they're going to misbehave and that's their intent, they have no place here in that period.
0: Well, yeah, that, let me let me comment because, I mean, it's like we had a, a similar situation at the the Michigan meeting was just that there was a person who, I mean, he wasn't really trying to be mean in this instance. It's just he didn't – I think it was somewhat of his because I think he was a little older, so, you know, he may not have been totally together. But my the chapter head of Michigan was put in a really awkward position because he would just keep going on and on and on. And, you know, he, he we were trying to get through the introductions, and he'd want to comment on everything everybody put in their introductions, and then he'd want to comment on – You know, just all this stuff that just we couldn't get the meeting done. And this is another reason why I think that people need to recognize that although we want to get rid of the need for laws and leaders, it doesn't mean that there won't be project heads. You know, it doesn't mean that there won't be people who, you know, um, are at least in, in, in charge of administrating so that our ideas can all be equally expressed, you know. You can't do that without a certain degree of authority in the hands of a person whose job it is to make sure everybody gets a chance to speak, you know, especially if you have a specific goal, you know. And so that being said, um, Thunder, do you want to comment?
4: Um, Actually, I'd like to continue on because we've only got about 40 minutes left, and I suspect that this is probably going to even go over the two hours. I'm just – I'm kind of distracted. We're done with the blog
0: now, so go ahead and talk. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay.
4: Well, I'm just, I'm I'm reading some stuff here. You can imagine what I'm reading and where it's coming from.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: I I just I don't get it. I I don't get how people can be so gullible. Uh, these people that even if they were in the Zeitgeist movement and quote unquote aren't anymore, but yet they want to do they want to do things. They want to better. They have some better idea of how we should be doing things. Uh, including things like transparency and inclusiveness and, uh, you know, um, gathering relevant information to draw conclusions based on all aspects of whatever it is. And yet it's, they're doing the exact opposite. There's people that are so gullible that they're hearing one side of a story and swallowing it like it's gospel. Without even investigating, it's like they're going against their own created tenants and it's if, if it wasn't so ridiculous, it would be comical.
0: Right? No, I, I agree. Um, and now Jim, did you want to? Oh no, sorry, right, you already did get a chance to speak in this the first part. So I'm going to go ahead and talk. Um, basically, I think that it's important, and it, it, this isn't just about Cody Vickers. This is about the fact that. You know, he knowingly exposed that this is about repeated rhythmic insult. You know, and in that forum, you know, the people, it was really ironic to listen to trolls attack trolls because that conspiracy science forum is just full of trolls, you know, and they're just throwing the insults back and forth at each other. That's why I said very little science was really being exchanged because, you know, it was, they were just, especially there's a couple of users there. And one of them happens to be anti-cultist, the guy who thinks he made a big splash about, you know, the zeitgeist movement because he, he revealed Peter's last name and that Peter's a musician in the orchestra and all this other stuff that we were all like, wow, thanks a lot. It was something that was so stupid and lame that we didn't even bother to delete it because it just made him look so silly, you know. And, and the reason that that's, you know, relevant is because when, when it comes to people like that, the, the funny thing I found about that guy was that one of his criticisms of the Zeitgeist movement was that he said that we were, you know, we were um, deleting people who didn't agree with us. And on his own blog, he openly deletes any kind of, you know, decent comeback to anything he puts on his anti-cultist blog about the Zeitgeist movement, you know. Um, And so it's it's kind of hypocritical at that point. You know, I suppose that, you know, once again, I I think that we have the right idea in that, you know, our forums are for members, you know, or prospective members, people who have, you know, um, an interest in the movement. You know, or maybe they want to ask some questions. But after we get to a point that it's pretty evident that a user is not only not part of the movement, that he, um, you know, is actually anti-movement and is trying to make more non-members, you know, with the stuff that he's posting, it, it puts you in a situation where you're like, you know, um, you know, I guess he's going to have to go. You know, there's a whole internet that he can go do this on. Just like Gilbert pointed out earlier, this is not about censorship. You know, I wouldn't say that you know, they shouldn't be allowed to make anti-zeitgeist blogs, if that's what they want to do, then fine. that they don't need to be doing it here. I think it was actually Jim who pointed this out. You know, and even the libertarians believe in that whole private property issue, and that is that since Peter Joseph's fitting the bill here, he has the right to decide who gets to use his property and who doesn't. He also gets to decide what the terms of that are. You can't walk into somebody else's living room and say, well, I'll talk about whatever the hell I want. You know, if the person who owns the house says, well, I would prefer you didn't talk about that here, and you continue to do it anyway, you know, well, at that point, um, you've violated their, per- their, their personal space.
4: See, and you know what? They use that because they say this whole ownership, well, Peter owns the website. It's his website, so he gets to determine what's there and what's not goes against the tenets of the movement because we advocate no ownership. That's a common argument I see all the time. And I
2: don't know.
0: Well, it's... it's Go ahead, Gilbert.
2: It's it's ridiculous, too, because most of the suggestions that have been made, um, to Peter, he's actually reasoned and listened to, and if the suggestion was viable, it would be discussed with, a lot of people could be put in a thread but there is, it's just an accusation that is based on, on nothing. I mean, I can understand where it's coming from because there were some developers who really wanted us to be very soft on the trolls and they made suggestions and those weren't listened to immediately. So this is why they say that, that he has maybe no interest in implementing what the movement at large wants, which is also a very weird estimate to make because you really can't the movement at large want with all these members and only an uh, active, among, a small part of amount is active. So, I mean, it, it's a baseless claim. Uh, Peter has never been unreasonable in anything that has been suggested. Always treated it with sheer logic and if it's viable uh, for the website, he's never said something like, "Well, I don't want this on my website." Period. That's bullshit. Yeah, he's never
4: that since I've known him been that rigid. And as a matter of fact, he's bent over backwards in so many different instances to the point where I've even said, "Peter, how, how you know, you're a better man than me. You've got more patience than me." Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, and I, and I think uh, basically. It's important that people understand that what we're trying to do actually protects free speech, free actual speech. You know, I've said this before, and I'll say it again for anybody who's listening for the first time. When the Founding Fathers penned the concept of freedom of speech, they were talking about the right to constructively dissent, you know, to be able to say, well, I don't agree with this government policy, you know, because you didn't have that in a, in a feudal society. You couldn't speak against the king. You know, um, what they didn't have in mind was uh, screaming, F you, you effing, you know, blah, 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 I'll slit your throat, you know. But they weren't thinking about any of that. And during that time period, what they were thinking was, well, if, you know, it, back then they had other ways of solving that. And I'm not suggesting this by any means. But, you know, if you were to say something like the things that the trolls say around here – to somebody back then it had been like, all right well i 'll meet you at dawn we 're going to draw pistols, and one of us is going to die <laughs> that 's how those people handled that stuff. It was never assumed that anybody would you know, would be thinking that it was appropriate for us to do, to do all this crazy free speech stuff to the way they 're doing it, and that doesn 't mean that I think we should alter free speech. It has to be the way it is. The racists have got to be able to say what they want to say, and you know the, the all these people do, but free speech only applies. You know, towards, you know, if you're if you're in a situation like, obviously, I don't think, as I said earlier, I don't think we should be eliminating their right to say this on the street corner. It becomes a different thing when we have a forum or a meeting for a specific purpose. You know, if our meeting is about the Zeitgeist Movement and somebody wants to talk about Cherry Sundays, <laughs> again, um, you know, then we have the right to say, I'm sorry, but that's not relevant to what we're talking about here, you know, and more to the point if we're trying to have a constructive conversation and somebody needs to make it their mission to be destructive all the time, um, then you know, we have the right to tell them to leave, you know, and they say things like, you know, Jacques Fresco would never go along with that. I'm like, you know, if you went over to Jacque's house and started screaming, you know, he, he'd call the cops. <laughs> He's not going to deal with that stuff. You know, he, you know, he could do his best, but, you know, that a lot of the things that they don't understand is that, yeah, we want to employ Venus Project principles to help people. But Venus Project principles, first of all, because Mr. Vickers is the first one to say that, for example, me as VTV he always says, you know, half the stuff VTV says is not even in line with the movement's principles. I don't recall reading anywhere in any of my experience with the Venus Project that the movement's principles to help people with their behavior was to repeat rhythmic insults at them to change their behavior. Now, I'm just going to, you know, because there's more people here than me, I'm going to ask everybody else, you know, you people in the chat room, you know, the people on the call, have you ever read that, you know, um, abusing somebody until they changed their behavior was in line with the Venus Project's principles? Completely I've ridiculous. Seen, yeah,
4: I've never seen anything like that. That's, okay. I don't know where that even comes from.
0: Uh, he he likes to say that he, he knows the, the stuff better than I do, too. That's why I was kind of curious. So, I mean, I know that he's going to inevitably post back on the forums again and all that, you know. So I challenge you, Mr. Vickers, since I'm sure you're still listening, if you can come up with anything in the Venus Project material that says that we're supposed to be, you know, abusing people to get them to change their behavior, you let me know. So.
3: Well, I think what's interesting as well is that people don't realize that even in... Like that same thing that you were saying about if someone was in your living room doing this, you know what I mean? Even in a non-ownership world, uh, when you're accommodating a, or when you're in a, a home, you're still not going to allow that, right? you like, no one would allow that. It's not okay, you know? Right. It's, it's just it's very a very silly concept.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's, you know, actually, you know, think about the fact that What's really happening when this happens? And we've pointed this out before, too, because you remember Chidi, who's on a lot of my shows, he used to be really anti-ban. And I, I won him over by pointing out that if you want to be about freedom of speech, you can't tolerate that sort of aggressive behavior, because for every one person that you're letting act like that in the, you know, in the name of free speech and expression, you lose like eight or nine people, you know, who either are too intimidated to talk or are just disgusted and leave. You know, that's kind of where I said earlier is that, you know, at that point the aggressive abusive person becomes the moderator that you're scared of, the authoritarian, because they can yell at everybody until they shut up, you know, until they don't, you know, they don't say anything else. We saw the same thing with Matt G, you know, um, with some of the other trolls that we've had in the past, you know, and we, we do deal with this stuff on the forums and sometimes people don't like it. But I think that one of the problems we're having is that now It's becoming harder and harder to differentiate between the the mods who might be making mistakes and the mods who are just being painted as as making mistakes. Like the day that Matt G uh, managed to get himself banned by Thunder, he was on the forums within moments. You know, this is after making somebody cry. Now, correct me if this is wrong, Thunder, but within moments – Complaining on the forums about how Thunder supposedly abused his authority and banned him for no good reason and all that other crap. Now, is that, that that's what took place?
4: Um, well, what he, what he failed to include, what he failed to put in there, was how many hours, and I actually counted them up the other day, 37 hours I sat silently listening to his rhetoric without doing anything. All the while getting complaints. People sending me private messages saying, why are you not banning this person? Um, so, <laughs> you know, there was even one instance where a few of us, uh, even some stayed on longer than me. I sat and listened to his, his uh, stuff for seven and a half hours. And, so, and apparently he stayed on for another to total 11 hours. So some people even had more intestinal fortitude than I did. But, uh, um, yeah, he. it was after probably a four- or five-hour tirade of him just being aggressive. And I, I may be mistaken, but I think he had been drinking that particular time, so he was even overly aggressive due to that. And, yes, in fact, uh, one of the ladies that was, by the way, who hasn't been back since, uh, maybe only once um, was so visibly, if you can say visibly upset by his behavior that she was literally in tears. We took her to another channel and got her calmed down and talked to her a little bit. She was so upset from an internet exchange that she was, I mean, just bawling her eyes out mm-hmm. over the whole thing.
0: And, and well that, you know, that's just that, you know, and then within moments, as I was pointing out, and this is the relevant part, okay? Is he was on the forums claiming that you had abused your authority, and from one of the other, I don't times, know how. Yeah, I don't ahead.
4: know how he thinks I did that because even after we got her calmed down and I went and scolded him for making her cry and telling him how utterly disgusted I was with was with his behavior. Uh, to the you know, for another hour or so to try and, you know, drill it into him that, hey, dude, look at what you've just done. You know, do you not even have any remorse? And he had no remorse. Mm -hmm. He said, well, that's her problem, something to that effect. And, you know, at the end of the day, what what actually pushed it to the point of me having to get rid of him was he was, you know, dropping F-bombs and saying, F you, Thunder, kiss my ass, yada, yada, yada. Ban me. I dare you to ban me. I dare you. Go ahead. Ban me. I dare you. I double dare you. And I'm <laughs> right. like, okay. Well, I mean,
0: let, let, me, let me point something out, though, is that, you know, another example is that, you know, when they say that we don't give anybody a chance, you know, at redemption, we unbanned that jerk, what was it, like eight times to try to give him another chance? It eight? I know
4: of I know of five times for sure.
0: Okay, I I believe it was around eight. I could be wrong. But we unbanned him. We accepted his apology and hoped that he was going to get better several times. And, you know, overall, we still wasted so much time on it. And now the reason that this is important is because of the fact that we, we brought up, you know, that, you know, like one of the bystanders told me when I asked him what had taken place that day, he said that he could tell that you were in a position where you were hesitating to ban him, even though you probably could have and should have earlier than that because of all the crap you were taking about supposedly being a bad moderator. And this is where we come of a real problem because now, you know, this guy is obviously doing something wrong and the only moderator of the channel can't do anything about it because he's, you know, his uh, reputation at this point has been besmirched. You know, it's, they basically have said enough lies and I, you know, I do warrant thunder. You can be a little too tough sometimes. We talk about that.
5: I, now,
4: have, you, I will never object to the fact that I have been heavy handed overly, heavy-handed in some situations, but, you know, I mean, I'm a human being, too. I make mistakes. I'm not infallible, so.
0: Right. Well, you know, and that's, that's actually, but the, the relevant point was that you were in a position politically where you couldn't even ban him, even though he obviously deserved it, and that's, that's where I, I say again that the trolls do this as a part of the divide and conquer. They want more and more power over the, the, the communication mediums, so that they can control the agenda, you know, and it's, that, that's basically, you know, he said this himself, but that's what he's trying to do. And I've been telling people that that's what trolls do for some time, and they always say, oh, no, you're just, you're making up elaborate conspiracy theories about trolls now. And I was like, no, I, trust me, dude, I've, I've seen their strategies. This is what they're trying to do. And now we have it in, in bold print. You know, I'm going to abuse this person until their behavior changes to what I would like. You know, and then I say to you, if this is all about freedom and, you know, not being censored and all that other jazz, you know, and we're worried about some insidious plot or authoritarian top-down rulership, um, if there's a few rules and maybe some people administrating something, that doesn't really bother me. The idea that somebody thinks that they can take it upon themselves to modify the behavior of another human being, you know, by abusing them. I mean, we're going to get into that. We might as well start some electric shock therapy and, you know, some of that stuff that, you know, that goes into all that. You know, sorry, uh, I don't agree with that.
4: Waterboarding.
0: I was just going to say waterboarding, Jim.
4: (laughs) Yeah, in that situation, too, keep in mind that, you know, there were uh, alternatives offered. You know, we'll let the group, we'll let the membership determine whether someone should be banned. I'm like, great, fine. That's a lot of why I backed off and said, look, Fine. You You want other people to moderate you? You want other people to determine whether you should be here or whether you're welcome here or not? Great. I will sit back and listen and let the group handle it. And I, that's a lot of the reason that I didn't do anything. Uh, another reason was because I'm not going to get accused anymore of being heavy handed. I'm going to sit back and let it run its course up to a certain point. But I'm sorry. When you bring somebody to tears, that's when I have to step in and say this you know, you just destroyed somebody uh, psychologically, and I'm not going to allow that. That's just not going to be allowed to go on in here. I'm sorry, I would not be doing the job that that I was asked to do if I would allow that to go on any longer. It's it's just not right on so many levels. And anybody that denies that and says that I I just I don't understand their point of reference. I don't understand their thinking. If they think that that's not right,
3: right, and it's not like a, it's not like a heated debate or anything like that gets shut down. It's not like people's ideas aren't being are being crushed. Because uh, we've had some really uh, great conversations that uh, well, I you know maybe others would would consider them differently, but I always thought that they were great um, that got really heated, you know, and where people were getting really passionate about what they were talking about, and it doesn't get shut down if it's constructive and it's going in the right direction, uh, and you know. Uh, sometimes to get past uh, some barriers, there needs to be a little feet there, right? To, to get past some ego barriers. Absolutely. But, you know, it's but that's just that's just the nature of of, the, of conversation about about these kinds of things, right? Uh, but yeah, when you start getting into ad hominem and you start actually, you know, trying to crush somebody verbally, it's definitely there's there's a line mm-hmm. to be crossed.
0: You know, uh, go ahead, Gilbert. Or was that you keying up? I might have been wrong.
2: Oh. No, what me. No. Oh,
0: okay. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Is like when I posted this as a uh, a link, um, it's actually I, I stickied it in the public moderation area to try to make people aware of this. Uh, within moments, uh, one of the band trolls made a sock puppet account to try to, you know, um, he didn't directly attack it. He just kind of tried to act like he was some kind of brainwashed psychophant of the Zeitgeist movement. Um, you know, and... <laughs> We basically confirmed that it was it was probably a sock puppet account for Bill, one of our other trolls that we've had to you know get rid of in the past. Who's always been an apologist for for Cody. So you know it's the the issue that you know these people really. That's why I was trying to get across to people is that the reason that it's important that you understand these strat the, this strategy, these tactics is because of the fact that this is what people do in day-to-day life all the time. It's happening to you and you don't realize it. I went over that in the other show about this subject, okay, was that you, do you want it to come down to who can who, you know, is that, was that the idea of free expression of ideas? You know, and, and that's the other thing that I always find hilarious, okay, is the notion that open source is in some way related to this that we should have everything open source, including this is why we should never ban anybody, is because of the, the ideas behind open source. And supposedly we're clueless and ignorant about open source, but I have a funny feeling that there are probably plenty of people involved with making certain open source projects that don't spend their time modifying the behavior of other people working on those projects by yelling and screaming at them. You know, it, it, am I off base there? Is that a, is that a strange assumption to make?
4: That's a that's a really strange correlation. I, I I don't I can't make the connection at all myself. Oh,
0: sorry about that, Thunder. I'll work harder <laughs> on my communication. Maybe if I were to yell and scream at you a little bit, modify your behavior, then that maybe you'd understand. Well, and
4: that's you know I want to I just want to <laughs> I'll let you guys talk. I just want to make this point and drive it home again. Cody, if you're listening. You didn't modify my behavior in any way. I am in charge of my own behavior. If it's modified if if I do something differently from what I've done before, it's because I've chosen to do it. You have had absolutely and listen, zero effect on me. Okay? Zero
0: <laughs> effect
4: on me. None whatsoever. But Oops. I guarantee you. I guarantee no, you. No,
0: no, 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 no. Just pause it there. I don't want the rest. No, of No, the I'm of just
4: gonna say. <laughs> I was just gonna say your time for glorifying yourself is soon to come to an end. I promise you that. I promise you.
0: In any case, all right. Go ahead, Gilbert. I'll let you go next.
2: Well, yeah. I, I saw. I I can imagine where thunder is coming from. I mean, that that was uh, a little. Uh, a little odd to have uh, listened to that live when that's being said to, uh, to thunder. so I can I can imagine why you would want to comment on that. But I was going to go on the open source. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you that it's a really strange association that's made uh, that for some reason we, we must open source everything and we must treat every human being with the same ideology. Uh, I mean, we've, we've, we, we don't even need to go into detail. We've been over this and everybody that really has an understanding of the movement and is that we are about using the technology that works for us and that works the best for us. And and it's not about uh, trying to use, um, sorry to say, lesser software just because there's a certain ideology stick to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of the trolls came about just because of this reason, and I think that's very sad I, I don't want to insult people, but really, I have no compassion for people that have left uh, the movement or have or, or have changed their opinion about the movement because of this. They need to look beyond whatever their little world view is it's it's really sad
0: all right, well, um we have another caller. Let's see how this goes
2: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Oh wait, they hung up. Oh. Too late. All right. Um, all right. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, that being said.
3: Um, well, can I say something yeah, on it as well? I was well?
0: just going to pull you up for that reason, so go ahead. You're reading my mind.
3: Um, on, on our website, I have a little blurb about kind of the way that we work in, uh, in our group, um, I, and I specified that it was the Lemon Chapter because it, it doesn't really matter. If this is like kind of, kind of sort of the lines that we work with in our group. Uh, We at the London Chapter work on project-based leadership, which is basically a term I coined, uh, meaning that whomever spearheads a project is the one who delivers the project. People join a project based on their interest in that project and work towards the goal of the overall idea. If a project leader is impossible to work with due to ego or other counterproductive behavior, then simply no one will work with you and the project will be abandoned. And basically that's what I kind of see as open source. It's actually counterproductive to be that type of, to have that type of behavior and still expect that people are going to work with you.
0: All right. No, absolutely. I don't see how you can get anything accomplished with that sort of behavior going on. Well, I've decided that I don't like your opinion of Linux, so I'm just going to start yelling and screaming at you until you comply. I'm going to modify your brain. Watch closely. Here it comes.
2: You will bend,
0: not me. And I'm not making that up. He actually said that once. All right, here we have this caller again. Let's see if let see who this is. How much you want to bet it's Bill? Caller from the three two three area code. You're on the
5: air. Hey, uh, you guys can hear me, okay? Yeah, we can hear you. All right, cool, cool. You know, I just wanted to throw in real quick. I didn't get to listen to the first half of the show, <laughs> but um. I guess apparently you know something happened with the, the Venus Project and uh, you know the 2.0 uh, you know right, documentary right. guy. <clears throat> I'm sorry. And I just wanted to throw out there, man. I know I, I I heard earlier that you guys are talking about trolls and everything. Is that you know I I heard your show uh, a while back ago on Pro. and mm-hmm. I've actually I've listened and actually I I know a lot about Pro, I've looked into it uh, a lot, and I think that that's something that I think should be uh, that topic should be stressed a little bit more. You know, about, like, just how intentionally, like, you, you could say, like, the government, they'll put people in place to deliberately disrupt what's going on in the movement. And one of the clearest examples of this is what happened with the Black Panther Party in the 60s and 70s. If anybody looks into it, they'll see that COINTELPRO completely destroyed the Black Panther Party. It separated the organization into two different groups and all of that. So, I just wanted to put that out there just like to, for people to seriously look into COINTELPRO and the, you know the seriousness behind them, you know how all that stuff goes down. So I just wanted to put it out there.
0: No, sure. I mean, if you feel we should revisit it, I'll, I'll see if I can talk to some people about doing another show about it. But for those of my listeners who haven't heard about it, COINTELPRO is essentially the kind of the uh, CIA efforts to try to break up groups that you know might have an anti-establishment viewpoint. Um, we know that they exist. Uh, they did things like, for example, we, they infiltrated the Mike Revelle campaign. They infiltrated the Ron Paul campaign. Um, and usually they just kind of watch you, but in some cases you end up in situations where they'll do something like try to entrap you. They'll suggest uh, a negative thing, like they'll say, well, why don't we bomb a bridge, you know, or something like that, you know, and then they'll they'll hopefully get the group to go along with it and if they don't you know then then they don't but it's you know it's it's right up there with the guys who like if they want to break up a protest a peaceful protest they'll they'll dress a cop in plain clothes for example and have him start doing violent things so that they have the excuse to break up the protest these are the kinds of hey. things that they're talking about go ahead gilbert
2: uh, no just a short interjection in chat is being asked who the caller is because some of our uh, chat participants might be interested in uh, conversating with him
0: oh sure um well caller, do you want to go and identify yourself?
5: Oh, uh my name is Phil. Uh I'm not a, I'm not I'm not on the internet right now or like at uh you know able to use my blog or anything like that. But uh, I mean I don't know if anybody wants to talk to me or whatever, they can get at me on my email. It's P A B R U T U S at Gmail dot com. So yeah, that's about it.
0: All right. Well thank you for calling
5: uh, in. Oh, oh, you know one more thing, one more thing. You there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, cool, cool. I thought we, we dropped. Uh, another thing, too, just like I said, just, just kind of stressing the program thing. Um, a great documentary that I think should be watched by everyone, you can find it on YouTube. It's called FBI's War Against Black America. And that documentary, it basically shows how uh, the government, you know, went out of its way to disrupt, like I said, organizations like the Black Panther Party and Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, and you know, just leaders and organizations of the such. So I just wanted to put that last thing out there. Check that movie out, FBI's War Against Black America.
0: Sure, I read about that. Actually, the uh, uh, them going after like J. Edgar Hoover had a file on Martin Luther King, and they were tracking. Yeah. All kinds of other silliness. Yeah, it's it's funny yeah. too because. Some of the people out of the conservative right now say that Martin Luther King was some kind of charlatan or something. I, that's another reason I left the Ron Paul movement because some of the it wasn't Ron Paul by any means who was saying that, but there were people associated with the Constitution Party who said that stuff, and I was like, okay, I'm out of here. Later, you, know, you obviously got your head somewhere else. <laughs>
5: you know, but all
0: right, well, thank you for calling in.
5: All right, no problem, man. You guys keep doing what you're doing. It's great. We'll do.
0: Take care. All right. Well, slight deviation from the uh, um, original purpose of the show, but uh, I still, still good didn't get,
4: I still didn't get. Was he is he in the Zeitgeist movement or was he just a random?
0: I, I don't know. Um, I put huh. this this particular show up in a lot of places to tell people about it, just so like you know the people from Earth Two Point would have a chance to hear our side of the story. But
4: uh, he sounded um, like a pretty sharp guy, so that was cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, now. Uh, So basically we're now down to like the last 10 minutes of the show. So I kind of want to wrap up what we're talking about here is that it's important that people understand. Okay. Is that it's not just that these are difficult people. It's not just that they've got problems. It's not just that, you know, all the other things that we, you know, insert random excuse for trolling here. These people know what they're doing. It's, it's, it's the same thing you do to people, you know, who don't fit in in class. You just punish them until they do. You know, it's, it's the same thing that governments do to people that they want to shut up. You know, they, they intimidate them. They attack them. You know, that's, that's the more dangerous system of, you know, behavioral modification. And it, it's also important that people recognize that in some cases these people can't be rehabilitated. You know, they can't be fixed. And it's most cases because they don't want to be. You know, that's what this Not is a- about. Go not ahead, only honey.
4: that, but they don't think anything's wrong with them.
0: Right. You know, they I mean, they
4: literally have uh, are in complete denial, even if 20 people say, "Dude, you're being a jerk." No, I'm not. And and. <laughs> well,
0: I've never done anything wrong. But, yeah, he repeated that a right. lot. Right. You know, and then during the recording, what did he say? He's like, you know, there are people who are saying, "Hey, man, calm down." He's like, "No, this is how you got to treat him." You know, as he's yelling and screaming at you like a drill sergeant.
4: Yeah, it was
3: hardcore for sure. <laughs>
0: Right. You know, and that's supposed to be representative of a freedom attitude. You know, I, I just, I still don't get that. Uh, it's funny
4: again, not to repeat myself, but at the end of the day, he didn't,
0: he didn't, didn't do anything.
4: He didn't do anything to me.
0: Well, that's the, you know, I think that the, the quote from that particular recording that will live in infamy was, did you not get hugged enough as a child?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, I mean, what else? <laughs> I mean, God,
0: right. You know, you know? and that's, so but basically, um, real behavioral modification in the beneficial sense will come about when people like Mr. Vickers, with whatever problems they have in life, um, he makes a lot of claims about himself. Uh, Wikipedia, you know, had is still having problems with him apparently because he'll just go around and vandalize Wikipedia. Um, and these people get a kick out of this stuff. Yes, it's obvious they've got problems. I get all that. They're human beings. Something happened to them. That's great. The problem is, is that it's like a social disease, okay, is that if we allow this person to pollute our environment, then that environment is going to change us. okay? That's what ends up happening. You know you see this in these forums with these environments that are basically free for alls, where you know, especially from the internet, it's a lot different from the internet. You know I have a lot of experience with that because of different you know problems I've had in the past on the internet. You know, these people will say stuff to you that they would never say to you in person, and it's not just because you would beat them up. It's it's not about that. It's that the whole dynamic is different when you're in person. You know, it, it's it these people would not even think about saying that sort of stuff, even if they didn't think that there was a physical, you know, ramification for what would take place. You know,
4: right? And that's and that's what how I addressed him. If you listen to that clip, but, you know, he and he. He spun that to be a threat. No, I was not threatening him. All I did was make the statement that look, if if we were in the same room together, I guarantee you you would not be behaving this way for very long. I guarantee you. And that's all I said. That's not a threat. You this can is the think stuff about, I was
0: hoping not to put on the show, but all right, thank I, you. I'm
4: sorry. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> but no, I, you know fine, go ahead.
4: It's just Oh 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 oh. It's so easy to sit behind a keyboard and be brave you know keyboard bravery um meet me face to face and see how brave you are
0: well yeah and as i said even if there wasn't any kind of physical altercation it's just that it's these people are basically getting out you know their hostilities and and it doesn't just happen you know in internet forums you know when you're playing video games we have a term for them they're called griefers you know people who get off on ruining the experiences of other people in those games. This is another example of why it's like, no, it's not just that they're a troubled person. It's that part of their trouble is ruining the environment for other people, that that's something that they do to fulfill themselves. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to let him ruin the environment for a dozen people uh, or more when it comes to the forums.
4: And again, we do acknowledge that these people have got some environmental troubles, whatever they may be. We do acknowledge that. However, it's the way they're acting on them, the way they're allowing themselves to behave. And they are allowing themselves to behave a certain way.
0: Right. And that's, you know, that's, it's troublesome, but that's basically the, 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 kind of the end of it really is that, you know, there are proper ways of fixing people, but it requires that you have a lot more control over the environment of the person in question. And you can't do that over a chat room and you can't do that in a forum. And yeah, it, go ahead,
2: Gilbert. No, no, I was I was just agreeing with that. That's, that's an argument that gets thrown out a lot, that we can help people by talking to them. But really, if they understand um, how people's behavior is, well, how it is, is adjusted, so to say, I can find the right English words to describe it, you really need to get into the real environment and change that, not just doing it from behind a computer which is obviously
4: impossible. So no, I I agree with that. Well, not impossible. I mean, there's been a few cases where we've been able to, you know, over the internet, over voice, over internet, been able to calm people down or whatever, but it doesn't work in every case. And there are those that think it does or should, and they're delusional because it just does not work in every single case. In fact, it works in very few cases.
0: Right. Well, well, um, so that being said, uh, you know we're now down to the last four mi- or three minutes of the show. Uh, once again, thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, B Radio is still looking for donations for the rest of this month. I just got the bill. Um, for those of you want to help, that would be great. Things are slowly coming together here, but it's it's like every time I think I'm getting over the hump, something else stupid happens. Like my wife getting into that car accident set me back financially a lot. Um, you know, and that's that's kind of where the, the situation is at. I'm, I'm nearly finished with what I need to deal with with the computer. I want to put on better um, Zeitgeist TV performances, and that's going to require a more powerful um, processor, which is going to require a better motherboard to mount said processor on. Uh, the RAM and stuff, I think I can—that's not really a big deal. I can handle that myself. But it's just these are the two key components. And after I have those, then I'm done. I'm, I'm just going to go from there myself. So. I appreciate everybody who's donated so far. We have been able to put some of the money towards some of these things, and uh, it was just those the last two components that I'm trying to get to dealt with that are really important. Um, and uh, once again, uh, you know, go to v-radio.org, v-radio.org. Check out Must See TV, uh, the, my list of free to watch documentaries on the internet. They're all pertinent to the Zeitgeist movement's ideals. Uh, you know, the archives of these shows are there um, in the Archives tab. The Zeitgeist TV tab is there, too. And um, I guess we're down to the last two minutes now. So I'm going to say, you know, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jim first, since you've said least so far. You know, when well, you have any uh, parting statements on this?
3: Um, yeah, just if, if you want to continue to work together, you have to see eye to eye at least at a, mm-hmm. at a behavioral level um, where, where you can actually remain or continue the ability to communicate. Uh, As soon as that's lost, the whole thing's lost. Uh, And that's the important part, I think. All
0: right. Well, actually, we don't have time for everybody to give parting comments because I want to leave us with some um, words from Jock and Roxanne. But thank you, everybody, for being on. Everybody say goodbye.
3: Goodbye.
1: Adios.
0: All right. Here we go.
1: This is Roxanne Meadows. And this is Jock Fresco. And you're listening to V Radio.